Welcome to Evolve to Succeed, the podcast that brings together entrepreneurs, founders, business leaders, and experts to talk about their journeys and explore the link between personal and business success. I'm your host, Juan Munson, founder of Evolve, a coaching, training, and development company focused on enabling business and personal success and creating a community of like-minded individuals. Whether that be through our peer groups, one-to-one coaching, our training and development programs for you and your teams, or through our content and events, our mission is to get the best out of each individual and inspire them to be better both in life and in business. If you want to learn more about Evolve, including our beautiful co-working space in Ashley Cross in Paul, then please go to evolvemembers.com where you'll find great content, insights, details of all of our services and also information on our forthcoming events. For now though, let's get on with the show. Welcome to this week's episode. Today we hear from Darren Mooney, creative director and founder of design agency Global Brand Communications. Darren started Global at age just 22 and the agency recently entered its 25th year of operation. As any successful founder or business owner will know, this incredible achievement and longevity is the result of very hard work and a lot of sacrifices along the way. Also, typical of most entrepreneurial journeys, Darren's path has been met with some dizzying highs as well as some difficult lows, from both a professional and a personal perspective. But what's not typical of most entrepreneurial journeys is that it was preceded by the possibility of Darren becoming a professional footballer. I've known Darren for quite a while and I count Darren as a friend and I've always enjoyed his positive energy as well as his candor and honesty. His story is a compelling one and I was really pleased to be able to get him on the show to hear about where he's been, where he's at now, but also importantly where is he headed. Amongst other things, Darren talks about the influence his father and his uncle had on his entrepreneurial ambitions, how spending part of his childhood in Sweden influenced him, how being captain of a football team has honed his managerial skills, the ability to adapt to disruption as an independent business, the challenges of commercial divorce, and the effects of being an entrepreneur on his personal life. It's one of those great conversations and I really hope you enjoy this episode. Darren, welcome to the Evolve to Succeed podcast. Thank you, Warren. Pleasure to be here. It's great to have you on the podcast. Really interested to learn a bit more about, you know, we know each other well, but really interested to learn a bit more about your story and probably those early days. And I suppose let's just start from there, Darren. Do you think you were, obviously you run the global group now, you know, successful design uh, company and media company, but were you always destined to run your own business? Uh, Interesting one, Warren. Thanks, really. It's, um, it's... (laughs) The, the kind of story begins at 16 for me, really, when I had this really difficult choice to make. I was, you know, loved football. I was at AFC Bournemouth and, you know, um, and Exit City have just kind of offered me, a, you know, a contract to go down there and, and kind of start my, essentially, what would be like a pro career in football. And um, and I loved it, but I also had a really yearning for, for being a designer um, and, you know, kind of influence from my uncle in America. He had... Um, an amazing life. He he left the UK in the in the kind of late sixties and and just happened to fall into the whole Silicon Valley boom. You know, he was an artist and, and okay. was in a bar in um, in San Francisco. Funny enough, and um, basically he was sat next to a guy who was having a drink and 
you know, the, the classic kind of on a beer mat story. And um, he he ended up designing the first logo for Symantec um, on a beer mat in a bar in San Francisco. Right. And, and then basically they grew and grew and grew and then they recommended him. And, you know, he had an amazing life and, and drove an Alfa Romeo over the Golden Gate Bridge every day. And, um, had you know, literally, you know, Steve McQueen bullet wow. was, was his was his offices, you know, on the middle of the, the hill in San Francisco, and he had a beautiful house in the Napa Valley, and so I kind of had that as an influence on in my life, as well as my dad being a, a pro footballer, and wow, two big influences, yeah, in an yeah, early stage of your so. life, then two M- people you were looking so. up to, and yeah, hundred percent, you know, and and you know, we, me and my brother were 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 kind of influenced both really and it, my brother ended up going into a different direction but he my dad's you know football was a very different game back then and, and you know yeah. my dad was a great um a great player he signed for Bournemouth that's why we moved from so London this was sort of early 90s late yeah 80s, so 90s. funny enough they've got a reunion at FC Bournemouth in a, in a couple of weeks for the um I think it's the 81 82 team okay where they, they got promotion yeah um, from the third to the fourth division and and you know my dad's was I think he was in his late twenties then, and and unfortunately broke his leg, um, and you know, and 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 this is where I love him a bit. You know, and actually, it's not until you get a bit older that you realise how brave the decision was. But um, the, the kind of English season finished, and he was just getting fit at that point to play again, and um, he decided to go to Norway and Sweden to get fit. You know, it was only supposed to be for a, a season. Um, and we ended up being there two years. So I kind of got plucked out of um, junior wow. school. So how old were um, you? So you're a junior school age. Yeah, so I was eight years old. Okay. Yeah, uh, and then kind of literally dropped in a, in a Swedish school where no one spoke English. <laughs> and um, they were just learning English, thankfully. So that made my life a little bit easier. Yeah. Um, but but kind of going back to the question, I, I saw my dad in his, you know, kind of very early 30s um, not really have... A fallback career yeah. to kind of look at, and and you know, thankfully I had the wisdom to kind of think. Well, I didn't really want to, you know, as much as I love him and respect his career yeah. as a footballer, I didn't want to be in that position, you know, at thirty and then wondering what I'm going to do. Yeah. Um, so thankfully, I chose to um, go to art college. AUB offered me a place. Um, at the same time, Exeter City and AFC Bournemouth offered me, a, you know, what was back wow. then like YTS contracts, well, you know. It's a crossroads in life at an early stage, 100%, isn't it? you know, 16 years old. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And, and you know, obviously spoke to my dad about it. I spoke to my uncle and they were both, you know, whilst they could never make the decision for me, they were both, you know, actually, ironically, you know, my uncle was like, if you choose design, you can come, you know, when you graduate, yeah. come work with me and I'll teach you everything I know, you know. Um, but he said, you've got an opportunity to be a footballer. Uh, and whereas my dad said, you know, obviously, if you want to be a footballer, I'll back you. But he said, if I was you, I'd go to America, <laughs> you know, uh, and, and live the life that your uncle's got. You yeah. Know? So it was interesting, both them kind of influenced me massively. But um, thankfully, I chose I chose to go to art college um, and ended up playing, you know, semi-pro for a long, long time. Yeah. With so you a, sort of had the best of both worlds in a way. Yeah, it was great. You know, everyone was working in bars, you know, at art college and I was playing football twice a week and getting paid for the pleasure. Um, it became a bit difficult when everyone was yeah. going out on a Friday night and I, I couldn't go out, you know, as heavily as they were, let's just say. But um, but it, it gave me a lot of skills that, you know, I now appreciate, yeah. you know, and, and thankfully I kind of managed to stay relatively injury-free and... Um, learned an awful lot of my management skills through football. You know, if you can control a football team as, as a captain, yeah. you can control a, 
a team that's of an, business That's an interesting people. thing to explore. So do you think there is a strong analogy mm. there between being a captain of a sporting team and leading a business? Oh, 100%, without fail. You know, my, my, my management experiences come from, you know, when, when, you, when you're managing a football team or, or actually, you know, when I was actually captain of, of you know, when I got a bit older and yeah. a bit more experienced, it's, it's knowing who you've got to go and put your arm around and, and yeah. you know, gently whisper and, you know, give them a pat on the back and yeah. knowing who you've got to sometimes drag to one side and, and kind of let loose on, you know, and, 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 and that's, that's kind of what kind of hones your management skills yeah. and, and also, you know, appreciating how to talk to people differently, yeah. you know, and, and taking, you know, advice and taking um, orders is the wrong word from your manager, but, you know, yeah. kind of being told how to do stuff and listening and learning. 100%. I wouldn't be the person I, you know, I am today if I hadn't, you know, kind of played football and, and kind of learned that. So. so you learned those creative skills, chose the creative career, went to the university in Bournemouth, yeah. the Arts University. When did you ultimately start your business then? Well, I kind of graduated from AUB, so I went straight from school. So I was just over 19 when, yeah. I, when I left AUB. Um, and I, my uncle said, look, when you graduate, give me a call and head to California. And So he fulfilled on that promise, yeah, did he? Yeah, oh, wow. he literally did. Yeah, he said, you know, uh, and I was grateful for that. And my auntie was in San Francisco and I kind of spent, just over a year living with both of them really okay um but the kind of big turning point you know i'd met i'd met my um my partner uh and kind of the mother of my child kate three months before i went to san francisco okay uh and it was supposed to be a you know a, a quick thing and and i was basically going to live in america forever and you know ended up spending about a thousand dollars on on phone calls and and she came and stayed and um you know i'm very grateful for that because mm. you know i've got a beautiful son called alfie and he's 12 now and you know if um if we hadn't have had that relationship and you know she was a massive influence in, in global in the early days supporting yeah. me and we'll, we'll kind of touch on that a bit later on but but yeah so i ended up you know and actually i miss my friends i think i always say if i didn't live in bournemouth i would still be in california now yeah um you know we were you could surf down at Santa Cruz. You could drive up to Tahoe uh, and ski in a day if you wanted to. You know, it, it was incredible. And um, I coached soccer and, you know, kind of lived the life. But, you know, I remember my friends saying, what, what are you doing coming back? And it was because I missed them. You know, yeah. I think from the age of like 14 to 20, you know, kind of five or six of us were a really tight group of, of lads that we all played mm. football for the same team and grew up together yeah. and... You know, I genuinely just got to the point where I, I missed my mates and missed Bournemouth as a whole, you know, and yeah. your family. So I decided to come back. Um, but before I left, my uncle said to me, he said, I've got a present for you. Um, and this is where Global really started, was that he, he gave me this massive beige box of a, of a Mac. You know, it was his first ever kind of Apple Mac back in the day um, and, and a monitor. And he said, look, you can obviously pay for it to get home, but you can have it. And, you know, at this point, it was worth quite a yeah. few quid. So I never forget it. I was walking through, you know, obviously come out of Heathrow the other end with this massive <laughs> beige box of a monitor and, and an Apple Mac. Um, and then kind of had it and it gave me the skills that, that I okay. use today. And, and, you know, that's really how Global started. And I came came back and I remember being in, um, some people will remember the Artful Dodger in, in, yeah. in Bournemouth. Um, and a good friend of mine, you know, one of the kind of groups, he just sort of said, look, you know, what, what are you doing? I said, I've just come back from America and, you know, I've learned 
a lot about design and he went oh you know i um i quite fancy doing a design business I, people ask me for design work all the time he said do you want to start something and as all good businesses tend yeah, to do, they start a in a pub, you know, <laughs> in a pub, you know, we, we were underage drinking a pint in the Artful Dodger and, and, and that was it. And, um, I remember talking to my mum and dad and said, look, I'm going to start my own business. And I think at this point I was whatever, 20, you know? Yeah. Uh, no, so yeah, 21 I would have been. Um, and. So your only ever employed role was with your uncle? Well, I came back and worked Part time and, and and a bit for a print company over in okay. um, yeah well, sorry well, global basically global team. yeah so I I kind okay. of was always running global but effectively uh, your the skills side. in running a business and what you've seen oh yeah hundred percent completely self developed yeah a lot, so, you know, I suppose I'm an example kind of learned some of those skills working in corporate life and then at thirty twenty nine thirty went right I'm going to go and do it for myself yeah you had that spirit in you from an early age yeah and and you know Ben. You know, we're not business partners anymore, essentially, in the design agency. But he he taught me a lot. You yeah. know, and and one of the questions on here is that, you know, what um, what do you think you need to do more of? Um, and actually, I probably need to be a bit more ruthless. You know, I I tend to be the guy that tries to keep everyone as yeah. as friends and and do things the right way. And you know, and I think probably you need to be a little bit more ruthless in business, but. You know, I learned a lot from Ben, to be fair, yeah. and Global wouldn't be the business it was today if it hadn't been for him. Um, so that was a good, strong partnership between you as the creative, Ben as the sort of ideas. A hundred percent, yeah. He he ran the business and yeah. ran the clients and, and I did the design work and I trusted him implicitly and he did the same for me. And, yeah. you know, we, we stayed as a as a partnership for 12 years, I think it was, yeah. you know, which is a long time, you know, especially when we were in our early 20s. Yeah. Um, but you know, we we I was always I was working at a company called well, which ended up being Marquee Print over in Westbourne, um, and kind of running global on the side. And you know, we were getting busier and busier, and, and and people started to say, "Can we come and have a look at stuff on screen?" And um, I was thinking, "Oh my God, my mum and dad are going to try and make him a cup of tea and some lunch." When I come <laughs> out. So, so we um, so we thought, now we better um, better try and do this properly and, and make that leap of you know, kind of being employed. Yeah. And, and thankfully, as I say to any any young entrepreneur that I get to meet, I said, the sooner you start your business, the better it is because yeah. the less burden you've got and the less, you yeah. know, you, you've got to risk because, you know, yeah. I, I was living at home, you know, and yeah. I didn't have a lot to put on the line. Started, yeah. When I started out, there was just me, Michaela, there was no kids. Yeah, there. exactly. So it makes things a bit easier. Kedo had a job and you just, yeah, it didn't feel like a risk at all because no. you can always go back and find 100%. a job, find an income. Yeah. It, the longer you leave it sometimes, yeah, the harder it is because you have life's responsibilities. Yeah. And I think when you're carefree and you've got that, you've got a different sense of energy, haven't you? So you make these bolder decisions Yeah, sometimes. exactly. You, you, you become quite flippant about things yeah. which which is and dangerous yeah well. <laughs> to, to a degree yeah and that's why it's always good to you know I, I kind of respect these people that have done it on their own and not had partners because yeah. you, you know you have these conversations sometimes they were quite heated you know mm. I believe strongly that we wanted to do something and Ben would be yeah. the polar opposite you know and we'd end up talking it out and one way or another we'd end up thankfully in the right decision but but yeah so we, we ended up kind of making our name doing pub and club okay. flyers um for most of the bars that we all kind of grew up in really um to ben's frustration we never really got paid <laughs> any cash um but we ate and Free drank at the door, we man. literally ate and drank for 10 years in bournemouth at a time when we were in our kind of early 20s um and we thankfully got our name on all 
all the flies that we did and and it, it was probably the best marketing that we could have done as a business you know and a lot of those people now are in kind of commercial roles and you know yeah. they're all a little bit older and we're still friends with with most of them you know and we did kind of bump and hustle branding and flyers yeah. for for years you know and they, and those guys and bob and, and that's still still friends you know so so they sound like great times you sound like you're having good times you and ben were in business partnership together was there a point as you then in those early years where you there was you know you're working part-time that you decided we're going to really take this seriously or did it just morph and evolve and the business grow? It, it kind of organically grew, um, but it kind of got to a point where we were working every evening and every weekend, you know, and, yeah. and, it, and, it, and it became feasible for us to go, actually, you know, we want to yeah. um, have a go at this. And I ended up kind of going part-time, really, um, leaving Marquee Print and going part-time in, um, in, a, in a kind of what was a repro graphics company then so it just meant i could work you know less hours and yeah um and again learn a little bit more about the design and print industry um but it's interesting you know kind of business influences um two people that kind of really helped me through that early journey was when i left marquee you know martin um said you know anything you need just keep in contact yeah. i'll help you as much as i can you know respect to you going out and doing it on your own i did it i never regretted it you know um and then i went to the repro company and and i kind of went part-time there for about six months and when i sort of said look i'm gonna do global full-time now um the guy that owned that there then went it's gonna be the hardest thing you'll ever do you'll never <laughs> you'll never be able to play football and you know it, it will take over your life and to some respects he's actually quite true but um you know it was that complete polar opposites of yeah. advice and and you know someone who actually genuinely loves what they're doing and someone obviously doesn't you know yeah so um but thankfully we did it and you know we i remember our first office in holdenhurst road um we rented it off um lead bolson's dad funny enough yeah. he had a lot of property and um it was above an offer license and we kind of fueled the first years of global on um you know boosts and bags of crisps <laughs> and cans of coke Sugar rushing. No, no, hundred percent. My life is slightly different these days. But um but yeah, and, and it was great. You know, we loved it. We worked hard and we were working for ourselves yeah. and you know, we, we had a great life and as I say, we, we went out in Bournemouth and everyone knew us and you know, yeah. we got in at most bars and clubs because we, we were doing the work and they owed us a load of money, so it was quite hard for them to say you couldn't come in. So it's quite good. And when did you start building a team then? Because up to this point, it's you, it's Ben, you're in this together, you're building the business. But, you know, Global soon then gained some momentum, didn't it? And the team grew. So It did, yeah. And, and, it, and it, was, um, it was interesting because I kind of found my feet a little bit and became very confident. And, and I loved going out and taking briefs and talking to clients. And, you know, as most people in the design industry know, that it's hard to do that and yeah. then go back and do the work um you know and present the work and you know because while you're out there there's more work building up yeah. and and we made that brave decision that actually it wasn't just going to be me and ben as a partnership anymore that we needed really to take on a designer um and and we did that in Holdenhurst road um and that was really probably where it became mm. serious as you know as most people that start their own business the minute they become responsible for somebody else's life yeah that kind of changes things. It's a wake up call. It really it? is, yeah. And and you know, we we employed a guy called Lee. He was great. Um, funny enough, from one of the businesses that I worked, he he'd already left and went somewhere else, and we stayed in contact. Um, 
but yeah, the, I remember, you know, we kind of then had to kind of move to a bigger office and, and I remember saying to Ben that, you know, there's no way we can afford 150 quid a month on, on an office. You know, and Ben was like, yeah, you know, I reckon we can do it. You know, at this point, we weren't getting hardly any wages, you know. And and, and now we spend that on tea and coffee at Global. It's yeah. just, it's crazy. The kind of, I remember, I never forget it. We were sat sat in a cafe in Holdenhurst Road and we just left the office. And um, and we were looking at the numbers thinking, you know, can we, can we scrape together and commit to um, yeah. a year's worth of, you know, lease right. for 150 quid a month is crazy so let's accelerate just to give the listeners a kind of benefit of where you are today tell us about global as it stands today in 2022 global has kind of evolved a lot you know we were a design and uh well we were a design for print agency and thankfully over the years we we built up a lot of great clients you know hall and woodhouse have been a client for about 18 19 years now and and you know we kind of worked with virgin for about 13 years and and i think it's the, to the credit of of us evolving with those businesses that you know for virgin we we started out doing all their internal comms magazines and we design and print like 6000 magazines and distribute them all around the world and you know that's how they talk to their staff and now we do the same job but actually we produce and post produce videos for them mm. Um, you know, and, and distribute those, you know, obviously digitally around the world to their staff. And the fact that we've been able to evolve and keep our design at a level that the likes of, you know, kind of Virgin and, and Hall and Woodhouse and Molson Cause kind of come to us for that sort of stuff is, um, it's incredible, you know, really incredible. And it goes back to that kind of resilience, but also bravery to, to evolve, you know, and, and to kind of see what's coming around the corner and, you know, um, it kind of goes back in and touches on the on the fact that, you know, we, we Ben and I struggled at times, you know, as we became a little bit older and, and yeah. kind of less, um, you know, kind of less easy to kind of change and go in different directions, yeah. you know. And, and thankfully, I, I kind of saw the fact that we, we did need to go into a digital world yeah. and, and print wasn't going to be the thing forever, you know. Um, so... Yeah. So there's a few things there, isn't there? I, I suppose how do you, we talk about them both, but one is around disruption that's happening in most industries. But that, you know, you've touched on that; it's happening in yours. So let's deal with that one first, and then I'd like to talk about client retention and client delight. So, but let's do the disruption piece. How do you cope? You know, you're a successful agency, but you're you know you you are an independent agency. Mm-hmm. How do you cope with the advances in technology and the changes in market? Because in the design and print world, that you know, it hasn't just evolved, has it? It's morphing all yeah, the time. You know, different content. Is it social? Is it physical? Is it, you know, what technology are you using to do this? Are you producing videos? What quality they are? And and you've got to keep up to date with all of that. How do you go about doing that as an independent business? I think it's it's for me it's always you know kind of seeing almost trying to have that crystal ball you know yeah. and seeing what great things are out there and what the kind of leading companies are doing you know the okay. music industry and and sort of seeing how they're doing stuff and and then thinking actually how can we bring that into our agency but also it's it's that kind of brave visionary almost um I'm not going to say cavalier because it's not, you know, every decision that you kind of make as a, as a business owner, you process and, mm. and, you know, going back to like, you know, 
a great bit of advice that a good friend gave to me, Les Parodi. He was like, you know, trust your gut. He said, your gut is the final thing. You know, it's your body and yeah. your mind processing the decision that you've got to make. And, you know, and he said to me, he said, you know, always trust your gut. If it feels yeah. right and you stick by that decision, you'll yeah. make it work, you know. So that's, it is really interesting because as business owners, sometimes perhaps the team look at you and think, we've made the, use the word, and I'll use your cavalier decisions. Yeah, yeah. But they're hardly ever cavalier, no, are they? they You've they, thought them through yeah. for a long time. Yeah, yeah. So that's really interesting and, and good words of advice, Darren. But also that bit about following your gut. When I think about my own journey, some of the mistakes I've made is because I ignored my gut. Mm. And I think as long as you've thought it through and you've processed it and you've analysed it, then you follow your gut. Yeah, and, and it's that that's line, isn't it, of the, what's the worst thing that could happen, yeah. you know? And if you can mitigate that, then you're doing all right. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and, but it's also season the moment, you know, um, the, the kind of the split between Ben and I, which happened, um, coming up about four years ago, almost yeah. now. And, and, and that was hard, you know, Ben, Ben and I had known each other since we were yeah, 13 years old. Started the business together, started virtually the business together. teenagers. Yeah, a hundred percent. And, and, you know, he, his his father retired or was you know was going to retire and you know he wanted mm. him to run the family business which i completely get um and you know ben stayed as fd of global for about seven years mm. um and whilst i appreciated that it probably kept us um almost static you yeah. know because it was hard to make the decision and, and and be brave and bold because I had another financial director that I had to yeah. get those decisions through but also was slightly disconnected from yeah. a the industry and b the business so now, clearly I've got some insight to that but one of the things I admire about you know both from your perspective and Ben's is how you manage that as a business yeah. partnership um, because it's never easy. It's like a it's divorce, isn't yeah. it? Effectively, yeah, yeah, hundred percent. It's a commercial divorce. And, and so, yeah. if you've got anybody that is going through that process, that is thinking of splitting the business or splitting from their business partner, you've got any words of advice for them? Yeah, don't be afraid of the numbers. You know, um, and it, it probably took us six, seven months, or it took me six, seven months to be brave enough to say, look, this isn't right. I want to buy you out, put a number on a table, you know, okay. and thankfully we had you in in the middle to, to help mediate. Um, but I, it would have happened a lot sooner had I been brave enough to go, okay. you know, how much are you looking for? So What's it going to cost? So have that hard question. Yeah. And, and it's hard. the hard yeah. questions early. And, and, and that's, you know, same with any, any separation or yeah. any, you know, and, and as I say, it is, and, and the, the words I use is I've been through a commercial divorce, you know, yeah. and, uh, and that takes its toll on you. It, yeah. It's it's a tough journey. It's, emotion, it's emotionally draining, isn't it? Cause 100%. You, you know, as we said about all of that long-term relationship, it's parted. You yeah. might feel confident that you believe in yourself and you're on your own, but you must have felt for a little bit slightly isolated. A hundred percent, yeah. And and also, it's it's quite emotionally and mentally challenging, you know, Um I was kind of separating from from mm. Kate at the time, and I turned forty five, and you know yeah. I was kind of really evaluating my life at that point, and 
you know, I kind of look back on it now and, and, and good friends and, and some not so good friends have told me that I was a mess for probably 18 <laughs> months, you know, and, and you don't see it. You're in it. You're yeah. living it. You're looking out thinking I'm all right. But actually everyone's looking at you thinking, you know, this, this guy needs some help and, and, you know, what's going on and, and, you know, and, and, and thankfully, you know, I, I got recommended a wonderful lady called Becky Holston as, as we all know, and I'm sure you, you guys are all aware and, you know, I, I recommended her to a good friend of mine about three months ago, you know, and, and without doubt, you know, I, I genuinely say that she, she probably saved my life, if I'm honest. You know, it's, it's strong words. Get a bit emotional when we talk about it. But, um, but yeah, she's amazing. And, and she's going amazing. back to that, that how do you manage fear and change and, and you know, and it, it's, it's being brave enough to go, actually, I need some help and I want to talk to someone yeah. about this. And not be embarrassed about but it. It's mate, you know, I love Becky and she's definitely put me on the straight and narrow on her many times and some challenging circumstances at the moment. She's you know, she's been invaluable to me personally at the moment, but as men we don't often ask for help, do we? No. We see it as a sign of weakness. For anyone listening, both Laura and I are both welling up a little bit now. So it's quite <laughs> we, we didn't intend to have this as a as a cry fest, but um but yeah, it, it's true. It, and Actually, that goes back to that trust in your gut and processes that, you know, it's actually asking for help that's the hardest thing, mm-hmm. you know, and, and especially as a male and what I kind of class myself as a kind of footballer and, you know, it was yeah. like almost, you know, what are you doing? Why, why are you going to talk to someone like that? But it was the best thing I ever did and, you know, and, and I I would also kind of got to the point where I wasn't really playing football so much anymore, so I didn't yeah. really have that stress relief and, yeah. you know, and... and I think, yeah, seeing the signs of, of, you know, kind of that you're feeling stressed or, or um, you know, you can't cope with the yeah. situation is, is is one of the biggest things, you know. Yeah, definitely. Um, but, yeah, anyone out there that thinks they need support, then, you know, get it 100%. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and, and, yeah, start with Becky. She's amazing. So. Brilliant. So to put us back on the straight and narrow, um, talking about, you know, you talked about Virgin, Horn and Woodhouse, you know, 10-year-plus relationships with the business. So, you know, the subject I'm passionate about is client delight, but also client retention and building long-term relationships. And and you alluded it to it yourself, Darren, you know, you're in a dynamic changing environment. So it must be even more challenging to retain clients, you know, and in, and in a very competitive industry. So hints and tips on client retention and client delight. What have you done that has enabled those businesses to stay with you so long? I think it goes back to the, the kind of be brave and, and when you see talent or an opportunity, you know, seize the moment. Um, you know, I bought Ben out and thankfully I was in charge of the business and I've got an amazing commercial director, you know, Sharon, who who has enabled me to, you know, get to global and, and, and make it a business that is, you know, is really, really sustainable and, and, and it's got a great future. And um, a guy walked through my door four years ago uh, called Joe and he was, he basically applied for our kind of senior designer, sort of my right-hand man's role. Um, and he walked through the door and he had long hair and he, and he had no portfolio. And um, I said, you know, great, you know, where's your portfolio? And he just pulled out a memory stick and um, and he put it into the TV in our conference room. And I, and I was looking at like Sony and Reebok and Panasonic, you know, wow. TV commercials and, um, and you know, and genuinely that kind of light bulb moment came yeah. on and was that, look, we don't do this stuff, but it's the future of our industry. Yeah. I said, if we confuse our beautiful design ethic with this, 
kind of media and motion and film production you know we're going to have a we're going to have a great business that that lots of new people are going to want to come and engage with us with um and i think it, you know i'm a massive believer and and you know I've, the older i've got the more holistic i've become but um i said to sharon that we've got to employ this guy and she was like well he's not right for this this role and i said yeah i know but we need to start a department that <laughs> right. he's leading and 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 thank god we did because literally i think it was three weeks later the dorset um chamber asked us to be the design uh, and production yeah. sponsor of the dbas and um those of you who were at that night you know it was the proudest moment of my life you know we were sat at the table surrounded by this incredible experience yeah. um you know and everybody had their moment in on stage and in the light and you know because I, I never forget it you know ian said what would you do differently and i said well all the past awards that i've been to if you don't win you're sat on the table with the winners but no one really you know excluding yeah. a company logo no one really gets that moment on stage so we said that was the first thing we wanted to change and you know we had these beautiful kind of graphic faces it was exploding amazing. yeah, yeah and, and and i said it was you know the proudest moment that i'd had outside of you know kate giving birth to my son it yeah. was incredible and I, but it also was that awakening of actually the business is evolved into where. something incredible and it's that evolution and keeping up with times that you think yeah. you then Paul and Woodhouse, Virgin and other clients then stay with you because exactly. they can see you're moving. 100%. And, and print as much as I, I love it. And, you know, Ben, um, you know, Ben was involved in a lot of the decisions. And the minute I bought Ben out, my print director said, look, I want to start my own business. I want to yeah. separate the print company and you can be a director of the new business. And I want to, you know, kind of take that burden away from global and, um, you know, kind of evolve that business on my own. And I said, look, 100% let's do it. Because I knew at that point, you know, Joe had walked through the door and we were going to invest time and energy and money into our kind of film and motion stuff. And, you know, it goes back to that. If you genuinely believe in what you're doing, keep at it. Because, yeah. you know, if you've got a great team around you, you will win and you will succeed. And, and, and when you don't, sometimes, as long as you learn from that, yeah, you're doing all right, you know. So. And you do have Sharon around you, supporting you, and you have Joe, and, and you know, you've also got Debbie looking after you from an HR 100%, perspective. yeah. So yeah. you built a team around you, possibly. Do you think to replace those early days where it was you and Ben? Do you feel like you're in partnership with them, or do you feel isolated? 100%. I, 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 thankfully, you know, and this comes back from, again, talking about sport, you know. Yeah. I think as, as a sportsman, you, you realise what you're good at, and it's when you try and do things you're not good at is when you actually fail, you yeah. know. And, and, I, and I know I'm not a numbers guy, you know. Yeah. Uh, in fact, you know, I don't like dealing with the numbers, you know. Yeah. We've, I've been many, in many meetings with you <laughs> here, here and looking at, you know, the end of year accounts and just going, that's great, thanks Warren, it looks good. Or it doesn't, <laughs> what are we going to do about it? You know, um, and having someone around you that does the stuff that you're not great at, that is actually great at that yeah. stuff is you know and I, and I would say to any young entrepreneur old entrepreneur or you know whatever um you know the sooner you can employ people to do the stuff you don't like doing the better it is yeah. for you because it enables you to actually you know continue to love and do the stuff that that you yeah. enjoy and your business will flourish off the back of that 
I think you're right. So again, it just comes out to that fundamental thing about we need as business owners and entrepreneurs and leaders to play to our strengths, don't we? And we need to get people that cover our weaknesses. But there are downsides to employing people, as we all know, and, yeah. it, and it's, it's a tough, tough you world. You don't always get it right. You do don't. You? No, you don't. And that's where, again, you know, Debbie and the team at Streetwise have been incredible for us. And I, I'd be fortunate enough to, to have Debbie as a friend and, and kind of, you know, mentor for God best part of I think it's 17 18 years of 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 my you know kind of business life and you know she will support and 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 help you through difficult situations but she will also you know advise when you really need to make that decision and you know as we all know salaries are the biggest cost of most businesses and it's a big decision to make but if if it enables you to keep doing what you love then then I would say do it every time and what effects have had being in business, you've talked about Alpha, you've talked about relationship with Kate. You know, what effect do you think running your own business has had on your personal and family life? It's it's a difficult one because I kind of look back and reflect and and, and any kind of, you know, entrepreneurial man or woman will, will, will appreciate this that's had a business for, a, for you know, a period of time is that your, your belief and your everything about you is telling you that the business is the most important thing. You've got to keep the business going to support your family and, you know, but actually what you're doing is, is actually taking yourself away from that family group. And, you know, a hundred percent to my, you know, for my situation, it, it had a massive impact on, yeah. on me, you know, and, and I regret not being around, you know, as much as I should have been for my son, but I actually believed I was doing the right thing and, mm. you know, working hard and, you know, bringing in, the money and, and and all of that stuff you know yeah. and but it, it gets to a point where you kind of realize and I guess it's where I got a bit older where actually the business isn't priority number one you know yeah. it needs to sit as priority kind of you know number one but actually your your health and your personal life need to sit you know exactly alongside that you know and run side by side because if you're not healthy and you're not fit and you're not happy you can't run a happy and healthy and fit business, no. you know, and, and it took me a long time to work that out, you know, and, and, and actually seeing signs of stress. And again, going back to Becky, you know, if, if you think you're not stressed when you kind of run in your own business and, and you, you, you kind of feel like you're coping, you know, the one thing I've learned is actually stress comes out in so many different ways. Mm. You know, you, you, you find yourself in, in crazy situations where actually it's, escapism or yeah. you know you know lots of people you know kind of go out and party all the time and I, and I was guilty of that but I felt like I was doing it to win new business and you know and and th- those that know me know that you know I like I like to be the life and soul of a party and we'll try and you know keep people out as late as I can get them <laughs> but but you know and, and there was an element of networking and, and enjoying yeah. life but we all justify these things at times exactly that because of yeah, yeah. Co- because it becomes a coping but but I also built an incredible network of friends and yeah. mentors of you that I class as you know one of those and 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 going back to you know advice that people gave me you know and I, and it and it was Les I think again Les Brody he said to me he said don't ever try and be someone you're not you know and always be yourself because that's the true you you know and and global's kind of had that personality is that we're not an agency that baffles clients mm. with 
with words and buzzwords and you know actually we, we we talk plain english and we tell it like it is and and networking can be quite daunting when people go and feel like they have to be a corporate version of themselves yeah. you don't just just walk into the room be yourself so great advice there from les do you think somewhere along the way along your journey you forgot who you were though yeah i, I would say so i think i think i was trying to i was trying to and, and becky will appreciate this um i was trying to live three lives yeah. genuinely you know and it's not until you stop and kind of look down on your life you know and and it's that kind of reflection you know yeah. and thankfully i had time to do that where you realize that it's not sustainable you know and and, and i was kind of leading this life of you know the kind of football captain and you know kind of yeah. lad lad bar bar you know kind of living that life where you felt like you got respect for yeah. you know drinking a lot and going out and partying yeah. and then also you know kind of running the business and networking and and essentially going out and building yeah. new clients and relationships and and i guess the the kind of third part of my life was the family man and and, yeah. and the father that i guess probably got left behind a little bit by it all mm. you know and it's it's important to find a way of bringing all of those elements of your life together, together yeah. you know and and you know i'm very lucky that i feel like i've i've got that now and Good. you know i've i've moved on and um you know kate's an incredible uh, yeah. mother to my son and you know thankfully hopefully we've got a a good relationship still and you know we talk and our, our son is the priority number one yeah. you know but i've got um an incredible you know kind of new partner that shares a lot of my kind of creative life in rhiannon and she's an awesome photographer and we've just come back from marrakesh and yeah. you know kind of been inspiring each other and we'll support each other and you know if i go out i'll go out and we have fun together and stuff yeah. like that you know so it's it's um it's it's getting that that kind of central life but you need yeah. to know who you are before you can do that. Absolutely. Uh, and that's the tough bit. It, that's the journey that everyone needs to go on. And, and you know, God, advising someone to try and find out who they are. Yeah. I don't think I'm qualified for that. Yeah. I don't think we all ever really truly define who we are, do we? But no. If you get the more time you spend, yeah, trying to work out what makes you happy. Yeah, playing to your strengths and and spending and some time alone, I think yeah. is you know it, when I when I split from Kate, I was struggling. Yeah. You know, I was literally struggling, and and thankfully Becky helped me through that. But you know, I think spending time on your own and reflecting on your life is yeah. is you know it's okay to be bored, yeah. and it's okay to sit there and do nothing because that's when you start to really almost talk to yourself and 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 reflect on actually what do you do that makes you happy and and you know and. And yeah, it's um, it's it's important to spend time and, and okay. be bored because that's when you start to really process things in life. It's easy to keep yourself busy and high. Yeah, exactly. Busy, and, and it's deflection, isn't it? Basically, Absolutely. that's what it is. So, going to end with two final questions. The first is if you went back now to that guy that was pushing the trolley with the Mac on it. See that twenty-one-year-old yeah. you. What words of advice would you give yourself as you walk through Heathrow? Do it all again. Hey, okay. <laughs> no, I, I, I would say to myself, don't try and pretend to be someone you're not, yeah. you know. Um, but when you're in your 20s, you don't really know who you are, you know. Um, but I, I think it's, it's believe in what you're doing. Yeah. you know believe in what you're doing and 
be passionate and and trust trust in the process but also try and be kind and do the right thing you know i've always said i've always said to the people that that work with me and people that have left to even start their own business i say you know actually always do the right thing and be kind because this life has a funny way of bringing people back round to you just when you don't want them you know so i think if you try and always whatever it is end things on a good foot or you know clients are cyclical and we're very privileged in an agency to keep a lot of our key clients but clients move you know for one reason or another staff move and they've got relationships and always end you know relationships or client relationships on a good point and and likewise with networking you don't have to get on with everybody yeah. and sometimes when you kind of work with people and you network with them you know as you know th- those relationships yeah. change and evolve and it, and it's okay but you know actually being the bigger man and, and and being brave about it and going do you know what this didn't work out but it's all good we'll have a drink at some point and everything will be fine you know because actually that person will come back round in your life probably yeah. a year two years ten years later and they'll remember that Definitely. you know um, yeah build your network up that's probably one of the advice that i would say and, and i funny enough i gave it to someone the other day okay get your network around you as soon as you can yeah. and start to build that network because you know and that goes back to being yourself because actually your your vibe attracts your tribe yeah. you know you can't go to a networking group and pretend to be the party guy or actually the commercial guy yeah. when you are the party you know thankfully i never really changed and i've got a great group of kind of mentors and friends that um that i've got around me because they're similar to me yeah. and like doing what i do you know so your vibe attracts your tribe i like that yeah so final question always the question i end on what does success mean to you Darren? success means to me and global i guess is 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 making sure that my team are are, are happy you know when they come to work that they're they're healthy that they have fun when they work you know i'd like to think that we've got that at global and i try and always bring a sense of fun even when um stressful situations occur and i kind of tend to deal with stressful situations as the people that know me will (laughs) with comedy (laughs) because i find it you know dark humor (laughs) yeah yeah literally you know you've got to be able to laugh about things in life otherwise you, you know you end up in a dark dark place um, and you know, I ensure that we we try and make sure that you know we we have fun, we work hard, you know, and we we look after our clients, and yeah. and we genuinely care and cherish about our clients, you know. Good, yeah. Darren. I've, I knew I I would, but I've thoroughly enjoyed our conversation today. Thank you for being a great guest on the Evolve to Succeed podcast. It's a pleasure. I hope everyone out there is enjoying it. So. Although I should also give you the opportunity for a quick plug. So if people <laughs> want to know more about you, more about Global Group, where can they go? Uh, if they go to discoverglobal.co.uk, uh, have a look at our site. Um, you know, we're doing incredible things. We've just finished a, a Sky TV commercial um, for our great clients, Coastal Bids. Um, work with Paul Tansy, uh, Paul Tansy, Paul Lovesy on that. Paul Tansy's helped me along the way in my life too. But um, And yeah, we, we do TV commercials. We do um, promotional videos. We do great branding. Basically, if you've got a great business that, that wants to look and, um, you know, kind of promote themselves um, digitally or offline, then hopefully we're the place to go. And we'll have fun along the journey too. So. Brilliant. Thank you, Darren. Awesome. Thank you, Warren. It's a pleasure.
thank you for listening to the Evolve to Succeed podcast. My hope with every episode is that you've learned something new or heard something that challenged your way of thinking and further motivated you on your path towards becoming a more knowledgeable, informed and inspired individual and business leader. If you enjoyed this episode, then please help us by rating, reviewing and subscribing. We really value your feedback and would love to have you along for future episodes. And please don't forget to learn more about Evolve by going to evolvemembers.com. Thank you for listening. See you next week.